1: From Cedarburg Public Library Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Chapter A Day Kids Edition. My name is Casey, and I'm the teen librarian at the Cedarburg Public Library. We have teamed up with CPL Radio to read to you a new middle school book, one chapter at a time. Tune in each day to listen to a chapter, or you can catch up by listening to past recordings. This month's selection is called Betty Before X by Ilyasa Shabazz. It's about a young girl named Betty, who was raised by her aunt in Georgia until she is six. Then she joins her mother and step family in 1940s Detroit, where she learns the hard truths about the civil rights movement. Later on in life, she marries Malcolm X, the influential African-American Muslim minister and civil rights activist. I love this story because it is all about keeping your faith during tough times and leaning on your friends and community for love and support. After each chapter, CPL Radio will play a few Motown and doo-wop songs, the music that Betty and her friends Suzetta and Phyllis listen to in the book. To listen to the latest chapter, visit our website or go to the CPL Podcast page on Spotify. Seventeen, May's blessings. I am counting my blessings tonight and thinking about Kay and how she never got to hear her mother's voice. I am counting my blessings tonight and thinking about all the ways love is a big deal. How it is the honey, lemon, and eucalyptus oil that Ollie May makes for a scratchy throat. The extra dollar Mister Muller gives me, telling me how hard working I am. Love is talking to your sister on the telephone and running out of words to say, but staying on the line anyway. Love is not letting a friend stop being your friend for no good reason at all. Love is family being who you choose and who chooses you. 18. I can't wait for Suzetta to come over. She's going to help me get set up for the biscuits and tea gathering Mrs. Malloy is host- hosting for the leaders of the Housewives League. Once the tea is over, Suzetta will spend the night and will celebrate my birthday. Phyllis's mom said she couldn't come over, but Suzetta and I will call her later so she can be a part of at least some of my birthday. Just as I am slicing the lemon cake Mrs. Malloy baked, the phone rings. Betty, it's for you, Mrs. Malloy says. I take the phone, hoping it's Phyllis saying that her mother changed her mind. But as I say hello, I hear a choir of voices singing, Happy birthday to you, happy birthday to you, happy birthday dear Betty, happy birthday to you. Shirley, Jimmy, Juanita, Sonny, and Henry are singing to me. Arthur and Ollie Mae too. At the end of the song, all the girls start talking at once. Okay, okay, Ollie Mae says, one at a time. Shirley goes first. Betty, did you have your cake and ice cream yet? Yeah, Jimmy blurts out. Did you get to have as much as you wanted, like we do for our birthdays? Not yet, I tell them. I don't even know if Mrs. Malloy would let me have all the ice cream I could eat. It's not something most adults let kids do. But Ollie Mae always said that when it's your birthday, you should get to have as much ice cream as you want. And she'd let us pick our own flavor. Mine is always butter pecan. I'll definitely have some later, I say. Well, what are you gonna do for your birthday? Shirley asks. Susetta is spending the night. Oh Shirley sighs and it sounds like a wind of sadness just rushed through the phone. I hear Ollie Mae say, All right, girls, let Betty get back to what she was doing. Then her voice sounds much closer. Betty? Yes, ma'am. We're going to go now. But the girls uh really wanted to call. We we all wanted to call. She says Happy birthday. Thank you, I say. When I hang up the phone, I stand for a moment, holding on to the sound of all those voices singing to me. So many good smells are floating through the house cinnamon scones, lemon pound cake, chocolate cake. Mrs. Malloy has also baked oatmeal cookies and shortbread cookies. I think maybe this might be the best birthday ever. Once Susetta comes over, Mrs. Malloy says, I'm going to teach you how to make lavender lemonade. She sets the ingredients out on the counter. Lemons, raw honey, and dried lavender. She tells Suzetta, now I want you to measure out eight cups of water and a half cup of manuka honey, and let's get that pot on the stove. Then she takes a bag of lemons, cuts each one in half, and hands the halves over to me. You'll work on the lemonade, she says. Start squeezing these. Once I'm finished squeezing lemonade. Lemons, I pour the juice into two pitchers that are half full of cold water. Suzetta strains the lavender out of the boiling water. Now that the lavender has been simmering, the whole house smells like spring. Okay, it's time to combine everything, Mrs. Malloy says. Suzetta pours her concoction on, into both pitchers. We each get to sample it just before she puts it in the refrigerator to chill. It's the best lemonade I've ever tasted. Now let's get the buffet set up. Mrs. Malloy hands us silver serving trays and white china. We set the desserts and beverages on the dining room table with the crystal glasses. Mr. Malloy has taken the white wooden chairs from the basement into the living room to make sure everyone has a seat. Fresh bouquet of lavender and white roses are in the living room and the dining room. Ladies, we sure know how to host a tea, Mrs. Malloy says. We sure do, I say. I step back and take a look at everything. It's perfect. We rush to get dressed before our guests arrive, and once everyone shows up, Suzetta and I blend into the wallpaper. We don't say anything, just take it all in. We're the youngest girls in the junior league. Kay and three other girls are here too, but two are 16 and the other is 17. Before the official meeting begins, the women eat and sip tea and catch each other up on the community happenings. Mrs. Malloy starts the meeting. Good afternoon, ladies. As you know, Mrs. Peck is not aware of this meeting today because we have secretly gathered here to finish planning her appreciation service. All of the Housewives League's chapters From around the nation will join us next month to celebrate the accomplishments of the league and honor our fearless leader. The women respond with smiles, little claps, and nods. Then Mrs. Malloy tells everyone the date of the event and says, This date was selected because Paul Robeson will also be in town campaigning, and he's agreed to come to Bethel. Ladies, and bless us with his wisdom and a song. She says, "'Sing?' a woman shouts. "'He doesn't need to sing a note so long as I see that handsome face. "'Yes, Lord!' Suzetta and I look at each other and burst out laughing. "'We put our hands on our faces, covering our mouths "'so Mrs. Molloy doesn't see us and send us upstairs. "'I don't know who this Paul Robeson is, "'but every time his name comes up, women start blushing. "'He must be a really good speaker, "'the way he makes smiles appear on all the ladies' faces. "'Mrs. Malloy says,' Now, ladies, let's focus. I can only, I only bring him up because I think we should meet with him and talk about the work we're doing. We need him to lend his voice to our cause. He's world-renowned, and if we are smart, we will get him to use his national platform to shed light on what we're doing right here in Detroit. One of the women adds, It's a wonder he's making the time to visit with us. With all the advocating he's doing with President Truman, to put an end to the lynching of people all over the South? Doesn't look like it's working, but at least he's trying. The woman sitting next to her shakes her head. How in the world is Truman going to say he upholds the Constitution when he won't pass legislation to end lynchings? And to think, another housewife adds, the Negro has traveled far away from his family and laid down his life in a war for this country only to return back to a system of laws that still allows him to be tied up, helpless, and hung from a tree while people just stand around watching the life go out of him. I will never understand this kind of hatred and barbarism. Lord help me, I won't. Mrs. Malloy picks up a lemon ginger cookie from the plate in the middle of the table. She bites into the cookie, wipes the fallen crumbs from her lap, and says, By not doing anything, Truman is telling all of us, Negroes and whites, that it's perfectly fine to murder a Negro in this country and get away with it. One of the women adds, some of those folks will kill their own kind if, if they stand for justice. Can you believe that? I think maybe Mrs. Malloy forgot that Suzetta and I are in the room. Because as soon as she looks over at us, she says, oh girls, you can excuse yourselves now. But then as we walk away, she adds, but one more thing. I'd like the two of you to introduce Mrs. Peck at the event. In front of everyone? I ask. Yes, you'll talk to the League and the work. You'll talk about the League and the work Mrs. Peck has done and what she means to you. She says it like it's no big deal, what she's asking us to do. We'll talk about this later, she says. This, I know, is her way of telling us to go to my room, close the door, and let the grown up folk be. Except everyone here isn't grown. Kay and her three friends are here, nodding and snacking and fitting right in with all the adults. I'm nowhere close to being Kay's age, but once I'm older, I plan to sit in on all of the conversations, tell everyone how I feel. Suzetta plops down on my bed. What do you want to do? I ask. We can paint our nails, Suzetta says. She goes into her overnight bag and pulls out the red nail polish Kay let us borrow. Once we paint our nails, there isn't much more we can do for a while. We just sit and wait and blow on our fingers and shake our wrists and wait some more. This goes on for about an hour. Mine dry faster because I didn't use as much as Suzetta, who has put such a thick coat on. It will take all night for hers to dry. We could call Phyllis now, I say. I pick up the phone and dial. The phone rings twice. Hello? It's Mrs. Boyd. Hello, may I speak with Phyllis? Who's calling? This is Betty and Suzetta, I tell her. Betty, Phyllis is busy doing chores right now. I'll let her know you called. Oh, okay, thank. Mrs. Boyd hangs up before I can even finish my sentence. I tell Suzetta, Next time you should call. I think Mrs. Boyd likes you better. Suzetta says, You should call back and tell her you're Loretta. She'll think Phyllis, she'll let Phyllis talk to Loretta. Susetta is sure of this. Loretta is in our sewing class. She used to go to Bethel, too, but then her father became a pastor of his own church, so we don't see her on Sundays anymore. I can't do that, I tell her. She already heard my voice. Susetta thinks for a moment. I'll do it, she says. I dial for her and then hand her the receiver. It must ring longer than two times because it takes a while for Suzetta to say, Hi, may I speak to Phyllis? Then, this is Loretta. Suzetta is talking higher than normal, mimicking Loretta's bird-like voice. Yes, ma'am, Loretta, she repeats. Her eyes get real big, but then look at ease as she say says, yes, ma'am, I can hold. Suzetta smiles at me and motions me to come to the phone. I stand real close to her, leaning my head towards the receiver so I can hear Phyllis, but I make sure not to touch Suzetta's nails. Phyllis says, Loretta? All confused. No, Phyllis, it's me, Suzetta. She holds the phone closer to me. And Betty, too, I call out. Oh, Phyllis says, like she's not happy it's us. I can't talk right now, she tells us. Well, then why'd your mom give us the phone? I ask. She doesn't answer. Look, Betty, I can't be your friend anymore. My mom doesn't want me hanging out with you and Suzetta. I don't mean to snatch the phone, but I can't help myself. What do you mean? Why? "'Do I really need to tell you?' Phyllis asks. "'Is it because we're in the Housewives League?' I ask. Suzetta calls out, "'We can still be friends even though your mom doesn't agree with Mrs. Peck and Mrs. Malloy.' Her voice sounds hopeful, but her face is sad. "'It's not about my mother disagreeing with them. "'I disagree with them, with all of you,' she says. "'I don't want to be friends with girls who believe that buying expensive products from Negro stores is going to change anything.' A tube of Dudley's hair cream isn't going to bring any of the people back to life who are strung up on trees. I look at Suzetta. Both of us are so confused and already missing our friend. Phyllis keeps talking. You two are so boring. We don't even have fun anymore, she says. Then without even giving us a chance to respond, she says, I have to go. Bye. Suzetta and I retell the whole conversation to each other, like we need to hear it again in order to understand what just happened. Finally, she says, we have to do something else. We can't just mope around all night. Want to play a game? I can't think of anything except all the hurtful things Phyllis said. Susetta says, how about truth, dare, double dare, promise, or repeat? You first. Double dare, I say. I double-dare you to pick up the phone and dial a random number and ha- have a conversation with whoever answers, like you know them. Just a random person, I ask? Yes, and then I'll do a dare, Suzetta says. I hesitate, then pick up the phone. I dial the first random numbers that come to my mind. An elderly man answers the phone. His voice is feeble and low. Hello? I put on the most adult-sounding, sophisticated voice I can fake. Hello? Who's calling? The man asks. Me, I say. Me who? The old man asks. Who me? I say. Susetta starts laughing so loud that the old man hears her. You kids stop trying to tie up my line with your silly games, the old man says. He hangs up. We burst into laughter, and even though it's Suzetta's turn, I make another call. Who would have thought calling strangers would be more fun than calling Phyllis? The second call ends with even more laughter. "'What are you girls doing in there?' Mrs. Molloy asks. I don't know why the question gets us laughing even more. "'Nothing,' we say in unison. Mrs. Molloy is not one to be fooled. She opens the door. "'I could use some help with cleaning up,' she says." we help get the house back to looking like our house. Later that night, when Suzetta and I are lying in bed, falling asleep, I say to Suzetta, one more round? Okay, she says. You pick. Truth, dare, double dare, promise, or repeat. Promise, Suzetta says. Promise we- me we'll be friends forever. Chapter A Day Kids Edition can be heard Monday through Friday at this time on CPL Radio.